Good evening, and the Lord be with you. And I, I think this will pretty well sum up what we're going to talk about with the blessing. I think we've been on this for weeks and weeks, and if you do not know that you are the beloved and the blessed of God in Christ Jesus by now, then, um, well, stay with us for another year. Uh, but we have looked at this blessing from so many different angles, and anything further that I want to do on this will be totally in the New Testament, which um, will pick up all the threads that we have continually threaded the Old Testament with the New in these last weeks. But anything I do with this in the future will be staying with the New with the assumption that you have a solid foundation that this has been the purpose of God for you since creation. And so tonight I want to look at a passage that for some people is a very well-known passage. Other people have never read it. It's one of those kind. It's in Deuteronomy in chapter 28. Deuteronomy 28. Now it shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you, if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body and your children, and the produce of your ground, and the offspring of your beasts, and the increase of your herd, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Now that's basically saying blessed your basket, that's when you go shopping, and they, they had baskets to put the, the stuff in and then your kneading bowl is where they mixed everything that they purchased that's the cooking that's the kitchen so blessed when you go shopping blessed when you cook what you bought blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out the Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you they will come out against you one way and will flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barns and in all that you put your hand to. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he swore to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will be afraid of you. The Lord will make you abound in prosperity, in the offspring of your body, in the offspring of your beast, and in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And so on and so on. Um, there's another three or four verses there. This is a very central passage 
In fact, um, there are many parts of Scripture that really don't make any sense apart from these verses that I have just read. And hopefully in the next minutes I'll be able to show that to you. But everything we have said, this would be the canvas upon which it is painted. The Lord swore by himself to bless these people. Those people we know as the Israelites of the Old Testament. They were the covenant people. The ones in, in the womb of the nation. Jesus is coming forth and would be born of these people. And, and so they are the, the ones who are the beginning. They, they are just the beginning of showing what it is to be a blessed people. That they are... They're in many ways groping in a twilight, but, but they, they are beginning to know what it means that they are indwelt by God and that his love power is in them and upon them and through them. And that has an effect on everything that they are and touch and do. That, that, I think, becomes obvious if you recognize that these people that he was speaking to, they were an agricultural people. And, and so he speaks of their beasts or their, the animals that they had, their herds, their flocks. It, it put your hand to do all of their harvests and their plantings and everything that they would touch, even to as they go shopping, as they bring it back into the kitchen. Uh, there would be his blessing, that inflow of divine life upon all that they did and would flow out of them into their animals, into even the plants that they planted, and there would be a fruitfulness and an abundance in everything that they were and touched. That is what he is saying, and we have been coming at that in many different ways. But I want you to understand, we've got to understand this, and I trust we already do, but understand that this list of blessings that covers everything that constituted their work, their, their daily grind, everything that they did, it was rooted in what I would call the foundational blessing. These people had one great blessing and out of that one blessing there flowed all of these material expressions and physical expressions of the blessing and of course it is true with us our blessing like theirs begins within how many times have I said this but we must understand it the foundational blessing that these people, that you and I enjoy, is that we are at the core of our being in covenant union with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Please let this sink in. You will never understand these blessings until you understand the foundational blessing out of which they all flow. In fact, sit for a moment as you hear my words and understand that in and through Jesus Christ, 
by the working of the Holy Spirit, you are in this moment as I speak in covenant union with God the Father through the Son in the Holy Spirit. You, I speak to you, you are a son of God. Think about that. You are a daughter of God. Think about that. He has given you the authority, urged you to the boldness of saying, Father, Abba. Yes, that's the foundational blessing. Never get your eyes off that. You can have many material things. And I'm not just a ranting gospel preacher now. This is rock bottom fact. Until you know that covenant union with God all the rest is actually working against you. And when you know this covenant union with the Father through the Son in the Spirit, then you are free finally to enjoy all the gifts of God. These people, you and I, have come to know the character of the one and only true God. And to know that in the midst of all the false gods that were all around them. They, they lived in the midst of persons who worshipped all hideous, ugly, cruel gods. Think about that. That the great blessing is that, that you have come to know who he is you have met with God in the face of Jesus Christ and he has made himself known in you through his Holy Spirit and you have come to know he is love love that gives himself away even to death love that carried us through death to life resurrection these people and you and I have seen his love, signs and wonders. His love expressed in acts of power on behalf of his people. Tragically today, maybe there are some who have not seen that because they belong to that part of the church that has dare I say it, uh, forbidden God to work among them. Uh, but the fact is, the signs, it, it, throughout the scripture it speaks of that. That's, that's not a modern term. It's all through the scripture, the expression signs and wonders. It means signs of the presence of God with his people. And, and those signs can cause even his own people to stand with mouth wide open in wonder. And these people had seen the parting of the Red Sea. These people had seen the toppling of Egypt's power in the ten plagues. They'd known their deliverance. And they had seen the manna supplied to them every morning and the rock that gave forth water and so on. And there are people, shall I say, knowing that this goes all over the world tonight, that there are people listening and you have not only seen his healing power but there are multitudes listening who have experienced in their own body 
his healing power. Some have experienced that in terms of miracle. You have seen his hand in the physical world, in the material world. Oh yeah, we, we have seen signs. Signs that are undeniable in telling us the living God is present with us and his love still works on our behalf. These people had received the revelation of who he is and his purpose and the history of his working among men in the scriptures. Actually, Deuteronomy was the last book that they, these people that it's spoken to had. Their Bible was the first five books of the Bible. Um, and as, as history went on, the books were added. But it was a revelation. It, it would take me uh, much more time to talk about it. But the scripture is the love of God put into writing. In their day, it was written on scrolls. And, and then comes the explosion in, in the uh, early Middle Ages when printing came. And, and now every one of us can have this revelation. God having put himself into print and revealed who he is to us. And they were commanded uh, throughout this book, especially throughout Deuteronomy, commanded to search out the, the, this revelation in Scripture to know him the more deeply and to know what he had in print committed himself to do and, and to hold to it and to do what he commanded them to do. They had also the great gift of their worth, that they knew their worth. What a gift when a person knows who they are. And they, this is, I hope we get to this tonight, that they, they don't need all these things in order to declare that they have worth. Do you know what I mean? The person that has to own 20 houses, 4 boats and 17 cars to prove they have worth. Oh, what poverty-stricken people they are. We don't need a thing to prove our worth. For we have the smile of God. Do you remember weeks ago as we dealt with the blessing that these people that we're now talking about, they received that blessing every morning. And do you remember the first words of it? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. That is a smile that's bigger than the universe. And he's smiling at you, taking delight in you. They knew their worth. My worth is not in something I've done. My worth is not in all my possessions. My worth is in that God the Creator has declared he loves me. He has bestowed his worth upon you and I. That's worth. And in Exodus 19, he said to these people, he said, you are my special treasure. Oh, no. that, that, that's, that's the blessing. 
And he said, you're my holy people. That is, I've separated you to myself. You are mine. And then he says, and I am yours. they, They had come to know the God who shared every detail of their life and partnered with them. And so they had an abundance of life that had nothing to do with their possessions can can you really get this abundance of life meaning to life sense of worth and honor and significance has nothing to do with my possessions if it does then lose my possessions and I begin to crash inside lose all sense of worth no you see we've got to understand this before we get any further that my worth my abundance of life is in my relationship with the God who bestowed that relationship upon me that I have taken with thanks and praise on their part it, it, it devolved down that they were to do two things really uh, there were many laws that came out of it but the two basic laws of the law is love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and and, and whence would come such love because he first loved you that's what John said we love him because he first loved us and, and, and so this, this love to God began with God he bestowed love upon us and it, it created it, it burned a fire inside of us to, uh, to love and, and love Jesus said love means obedience Uh, and obedience if you've been with us you know that that word means um, to stand under you recognize that who you're listening to is someone of supreme importance in your life you stand under and you listen and you listen because you know their words are everything and you listen with the intention of doing and Jesus said that if you love me keep my commandments and of course all the commandments come down to one thing please understand that that it looks like a multitude of commandments in the Old Testament and sometimes the way people read it looks like it in the New Testament that some people have the religious art of finding commandments everywhere but Jesus reduced it right down and really it's reduced thus Jesus reduced the Old Testament to two commandments and in the New Testament it really comes down to one um, and the the Old Testament is love the Lord your God and obey him and what how do I obey him he says love your neighbor as yourself and in the New Testament Jesus gave us one commandment and that is love one another as I have loved you out of that flows the alignment of all of life put love in its right place and everything falls in together 
And so these people were to love God, love the neighbor as themselves, recognizing they're partners with God and to walk in life then with courage and boldness, whatever's facing them. And again and again in this book of Deuteronomy, he constantly says, don't be afraid, don't be timid, don't be anxious. The Lord your God is with you. Go out there. In your love to me, knowing I started this by loving you, love your neighbor, and I, the Lord your God, am with you. In other places, that I am striding out ahead of you. I'm preparing the path. And they were to search out these scriptures. In fact, in Deuteronomy, it says they're to memorize them and, and, and make it uh, something that fills their day. Because in these scriptures, they're going to discover the vastness of their inheritance in God. Okay, that's foundational. If that isn't there, forget the rest. But this life that they knew their relationship with God, the life that we know on a vaster scale. For this, as I've said so many times, this was the seed. And what you and I have is the flower in full bloom. And so we totally relate to these people as the seed relates to the flower. But oh, what a... Huh. This was all wrapped up in the seed, but it's gone beyond anything the seed could dream. This is like the caterpillar and the butterfly, and that gorgeous butterfly has a direct relationship to the caterpillar, but the caterpillar could never dream. Okay, we are the butterfly. We are the flower. We're new covenant. So the life that is in us your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's life. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life, might have it more abundantly. And then he said that, that out of your innermost being there shall flow rivers of living water. And John goes on to say that he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. So there's life in you and this chapter is telling me that the life that was in them this foundational life which is the blessing flowed out into their everyday human life into a multifaceted number of blessings are you getting a picture they have the life so that wherever they find themselves there is an actual shall I say personal like there's nothing impersonal about God so in them is the personal life of God but the personal life of God that's in them in in their person and who they are and how they see life God's in them and now, wherever they are, in terms of relationship or work, there flows out of them a personal, subtle energy. Should I call it that? Sometimes I don't know what to call it to this modern generation. 
um, the, these people simply understood blessing but we, we've gotten so scientific in our head we can't see what that means it, it meant that there is a bubble of life is that does that explain it there's a there's a bubble of divine strength and power and wisdom and it flows out and when I said subtle I mean they don't go around with fireworks shooting out of their eyes they look very normal but as they go through life they leave behind them a wake of blessing that people begin to realize as well as they do themselves and so it involved everything they did in their family relationships because the blessing enabled them to love their neighbors as themselves and in a world that was defined by hatred these people come with love very weird it's weird in today's world but it was very weird in that world where people were a lot closer to hatred then well no forget that it the world can never understand this but it, it meant that in their mind they had clarity of thinking in their emotions they, they were ever being moved toward joy and peace and in their body there was the this energy of health and life Please, I'm not nuts and I'm not a fanatic. This is in the scripture. It's in the old covenant. And you and I live in the better covenant, uh, the new covenant. And, and when they went to work with their hands, whatever they worked with, this personal energy of the Holy Spirit worked with them. And so the, their harvest was unusual and when they worked with their animals their animals grew and matured and gave birth in a way that every rancher wished his animals did you see put it this way the great lie that was the beginning of all the troubles of this earth when Adam sold the authority of the blessing to Satan and Satan became the God the small g but God of this world the prince of the power of the air and mankind who was supposed to be those who walked in God's authority and power became the helpless slaves of Satan and the great lie you shall be as God it produced what you could say in one word separation that would sum up what sin did to this earth separation mankind now plunged into the darkness and confusion and blindness of the lie sees himself separated from God but is also separated from himself you do understand that don't you that human beings are very strange people that they talk to themselves and in talking to themselves despise themselves and sometimes hate themselves there's this awful split within human 
and separation from other people because self for myself I shall be as God and the other chap is saying I shall be as God and so separation and also separation from his environment it's all spelled out there in Genesis when mankind sinned man would now work in the sweat of his brow the earth would be working against him separation 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 now here comes the blessing of God through the covenant that God has made and what happens but here is the people and they are entering into I said it was twilight zone in the Old Testament but they're entering into the life which unites God is uniting the people with himself it is God that is bringing people together love your neighbor as yourself and, and and there's power of covenant in those words bringing together and here he is saying I am uniting you I am giving you authority and I am restoring power over my creation so that when you work with my creation wherever you work with it in every expression of it you're going to know my quiet life causing fruitfulness causing abundance causing overspill whereas my friends in Africa say in their quaint pidgin English you give plenty too much plenty too much God has joined us has that ever gotten through to us he's not the God up there over there he has come he took our humanity in Jesus and the same Holy Spirit on Jesus then came into us uniting us with Jesus who is united to the Father that's it please that's the good news God in this moment as you and I sit talking together God has joined us he talks to us and he works out his love purposes in us and through us in the smallest details of our human existence please please understand it there's a multitude of believers that when it comes to the daily grind of life to them that's far removed from God's work in them and what God's purposes are for such persons they live and it depends how they talk but it comes out sooner or later that they talk many of them in terms of spiritual and then secular secular is a word a believer should never use it means the place where God is not to us there's no such thing but they may not use that but they they talk in ways that suggest that's where their head is at that there, there is the daily work and, and and that's everything that goes from getting up in the morning to breakfast and getting the kids ready for school and 
changing the baby and rushing off to work in the office with all the tensions of the office or the factory or running to school or to college and, and coming home and, and spending the evening trying to... All of that daily grind going through all of that day after day and, and believers multitudes of believers see that all of that is somehow separated it's disconnected from spiritual so that what happens out there is sort of one great parenthesis god isn't there he's not interested this is life and then we, we find a time when we get spiritual and, and some with some people it's very funny they change their tone of voice when they do it you notice that uh, it's very strange they, they 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 talk differently when they're talking of spiritual things have you noticed how they talk in church as opposed to how they talk down in the office and i don't mean the words they use it's the tone of voice very strange and and and, and so now they're going to do something spiritual and that, that I'm going to read my Bible, that's spiritual. I'm going to pray, that's spiritual. I'm going to go to meetings. And if, if I belong to some sections of the body of Christ, I'm going to feel differently there. And I'm going to experience God there. But it all happens there. And then I go off into my new world of going to work, the daily grind. There's no connection. And that's why people think that they're really in the will of God if only they could get into the ministry. And then in the ministry, then all their life would be up here in the spiritual. Daily life to them. What's happening in the world today, our national crisis, the global crisis, that's all some wretched interruption to my spiritual life. I had one fellow come just the other day, just dropped by to ask me, um, you know, are we going to escape in the rapture? Because I was the wrong chap to ask for that one. But notice the language, you see, escape, get out of here. I want, I want out of my job. I want out of all this pressure. I want out. Oh, but just a minute. If I've just read this passage in Deuteronomy, I, uh, what I can see here is that it is in these small, insignificant matters, these pressures of the day that occupy our lives, that's where we meet with God, that's where He's joined us, and that's where He's working out His purpose in us. God. If I go through the whole scripture, God is the one who consistently meets with us in our history. The God to whom nothing is insignificant, to whom no relationship is apart from him. I can't get away from him. He's meeting me. He's there. And in what we're talking about, He's there to bless us and to reveal his love in these things. I thought that he had no interest in at all. If we do not live out our relationship 
with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and recognize that he is there with us in every second of every day and that he is in us in all that we're doing whether it's in the home or the workplace the factory the office the school or the church we've not begun to see the meaning of life in Christ it's in these details he's talking about watering animals planting harvests he's talking about cows and sheep I mean cow sheds they're not nice places that's work with, with muck all over your legs and milking the cows and the sweat as you plow the fields that's what it's if you read that again but he says that's why I'm blessing you that's why I'm blessing it meant that these people that, that they knew that in all that they touched as they went to their work there was this love power strength ability wisdom that went ahead of them and was with them and followed up behind in fact the words that he uses the right at the beginning it says in verse 2 all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you um, another translation of come upon is pursue it's the idea of pursuing you to come upon you and, and then and overtake you that is you can't go fast enough to get away from them um, actually this is very interesting to anyone who studies words now these two words come upon and overtake or pursue and overtake they are normally words used to describe an enemy that is the the enemy is somewhere behind you and he's pursuing you with the intent of overtaking you coming upon you and killing you and the Lord lifts those words ever their usual use and says yes my blessings are pursuing you and 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 in fact enemies may be pressuring you but my blessing will overtake my blessing will come upon you in all that you set your hand to do David took this verse and put it into Psalm 23 surely goodness and loving kindness shall follow me and that's a terrible translation but it sticks because that's how we memorize the psalm but the word there is this word it is surely goodness and loving kindness shall pursue me like hound dogs they shall pursue me they're breathing down my neck i can feel the lick of love he said my blessings I mean, do you understand, this is, this is not a reluctant God that if you pray for 20 hours a day, he just might give you a dribble. No, this is a God. This, this phrase reminds me of a racehorse that's at the gate, you know what I mean? They're just waiting for the starter's signal, the gate opens and the horse shoots out. Now, that's the idea here. The blessings of God are panting, shall I say, to come into our lives. And then further down, he, he uses, um, we read it, 
that he will here it is uh, verse 8 the Lord will command the blessing and that's a military word it was used of generals or anyone in command in the army to give commands you will go and they went it's it's you remember the the centurion in Matthew chapter 8 the Roman centurion he used this because he was a centurion he said I say to this man go and he goes I say to this man come and he comes and he recognized the same in Jesus his command well the Lord your God who loves you with everlasting love has issued the command that you should be blessed I, I said it a moment ago but I, I think I have to say it one more time that there's no mention here of these people being in ministry you understand in our western world here in the states the ministry has been put on such a high spiritual place but all these blessings have nothing to do with ministry does it it's all about folks who go to work um, and it says as they go to work uh, as, as husband or wife goes to the office you can see the blessing of God pursuing them um, as the wife or the husband goes to the store to buy groceries the blessing of God is pursuing them that, that's the picture but let, let me say very quickly it was not magic not at all I mean flocks of sheep herds of cattle harvests of barley and wheat and walking one another in love did not suddenly appear out of nowhere kaboom and suddenly you've got flocks and wow look at all the sheep and look I don't remember planting that but look at that no 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 please although I hear people talk like that the blessing of God is so unmagical you only realize it in retrospect you look back like Jacob did and says surely the Lord was with me and I knew it not no these people is speaking to people who are working their fields and they're keeping their herds in the same way as any other rancher but they're doing so literally in a divine partnership and they're participating in divine wisdom and strength you go to your office whatever it is do I have to say the Lord knows far more about what you're dealing with than you ever will and you have that awareness of, of sharing this problem sharing this opportunity sharing this with, with the Lord himself it's not you but it's not he it's he you so you know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I live yet not I it is Christ who lives in me they they did their work and in their work they were blessed with this life this fruitfulness this abundance that flowed into everything that was theirs wherever they made their human footprint in history there this blessing was what I've, I guess I'm trying to say this 
the blessing of God is not an entitlement check. You know what I mean? And I want to be careful how I say it, but there's a mentality in the Western world. I left it when I came over here. I left it in Europe, but now it's here as much as it was in Europe that somewhere out there, somebody, some government and the taxpayers beyond the government, you owe me. You owe me because I'm breathing, so pay me. And, and I, I, it comes, I don't want to get off on that, but I do want to insist, because I've heard it, the blessing of God that we're reading of here, this fruitfulness, this life that comes into our daily work, our daily bill paying, our daily footprint in life, it is not an entitlement check that one receives for sitting down and doing nothing, which is called being spiritual. I'm just waiting on God. No, that's laziness. Uh, the blessing is in partnership with the Holy Trinity in my daily life. Look, work. I mean work, you know, going to do something with your hands, with your mind that affects this earth in some way, fashion, that in some way sets up with other human beings. Work. Work is part of your image-bearing humanity, that you, you were made in the image of God and part of that is you work. See, work didn't come in with the fall. Have you thought about that? In fact, it was one of the first things God said to Adam. The, the first, among the first things that God commanded Adam was to look after the garden. Have you thought about that? There's no fall yet. There's no Satan yet. Man, walking with God. God gives him the garden and then says you are to tend it and keep it. That was his job. That is, God is saying, I have just created this world. Now you are to develop it and you are to tend it and keep it. Continue my creative work because you're made in my image. When I was in Africa especially and sitting there in the jungle sometimes and, and just watching. It's amazing. All of the roads in the jungle were made by humans. Animals just, uh, they found the quickest way to get to the watering hole. Um, anything that was kept and tended so that it would produce more fruit, humans did that. Animals came and took it. But you see, there's a mark. I've just found somebody made in the image of God because they are in tune with God, even in their fallen state, to develop his creation. And so when a person, hear me carefully, when a person is avoiding work, even if they're doing it in the name of God, then they are rebelling against the creation mandate. We were made to be involved in the 
ongoing forward motion of mankind in work. And if I avoid that, then I am in rebellion to the creation mandate. Uh, quite a thought, isn't it? Um, in fact, if I will not work, I am dehumanizing myself because apes and zebras and giraffes were never commanded to work. Only humans made in the image of God. And that's why in the New Testament it says, if a man will not work, he shall not eat. In Proverbs, what is it, chapter 6, he speaks of the lazy man who says, just a little nap, just a little folding of the hands, it's so good in the hammock, just another little nap, he says, and as that man naps on through life, he is the fool who will reap the fruit of his laziness. Goes into it in great detail there. Now the persons blessed in the scripture are those who work. Do you remember Isaac? And it says there was a famine and there was a drought in the land. It was a dust bowl. And it says that Isaac planted seed in the drought, in faith in the God who blessed. And he had a hundredfold harvest. What his neighboring ranchers stood in awe and amazement and said, surely God is with you. But Isaac did the planting. Isaac watered with whatever water he could find. And God brought forth through his life a harvest in the drought. Joseph, you mind the fellow who was kidnapped and, and made a slave, but wherever he found himself, he flung himself into the work, even though he was a slave. And the result was, read the story at the end of Genesis, a great story, and, and it says wherever he went, the Lord blessed him. And even Potiphar, the, the slave master, came to him and says, I perceive that whoever your God is, he, your God, is blessing me for your sake. He said, everything you touch is blessed and made him general manager of the whole jolly place. Um, Moses, you ever thought, Moses was looking after flocks of sheep in the desert when the burning bush interrupted his life and made him the Moses that we know. But Moses wasn't waiting on a rock saying, I'm waiting for God to call me. No, he was working. Um, the widow whose oil was miraculously multiplied in line with Genesis, uh, Deuteronomy 28, you remember that? Uh, and she came, she was in debt and all she had was a little tiny bottle of oil. And she came to Elisha and says, they're coming, they're going to put us in debtor's prison. Um, they take my sons. So Elisha says, go and get all these empty jars and bottles, anything you can put stuff in. And, and so she did. It took a whole day. They went all through the village borrowing pots and pans and bottles. Now he says, start pouring out of that little bottle you have. And he poured and poured and poured and poured and poured until everything she'd borrowed was full and it was still pouring away. And then she sold it all and had enough to pay her debts. But just a minute. Why didn't suddenly, well, first of all, why didn't money fall through the ceiling? Oh, why didn't full-grown jars of oil appear? No, God isn't like that. It's not magic. He says, number one, what's in your hand? What do you have? 
God has to work with something. If you're not doing anything, there's nothing to work with. And, and, and then secondly, go and borrow from everybody. I, I get my point. Jesus called men to be his disciples who were already working. They weren't sitting on the Lake Galilee shore waiting to be called by the Messiah. They were fishing. Matthew was a tax collector and so on. And there came into their lives the call that did indeed bring them somewhere else to be his disciples. But they were working people. Please. You have been embraced by God. We in turn embrace him. And in that embrace, we embrace our days and the daily work, the daily grind, the work of our hands. And that's where the fullness of our life in Christ is. There's no disconnect. And my time is almost gone and there's so much more I want to say. Um, and so maybe I am going to take one more week. I trust I'm not wearing you out with this series on the blessing. I just never want you to forget it. Because if there's one thing that has guided my life over the last 60 plus years of doing what I'm doing, it has been the understanding of the blessings, foundation of prayer, it's the foundation of life. And so I am going to take one more week on this because I, I don't want to leave it where I am. Enough to say, let's, let's say this before I close. You are blessed. You, as you walk out into life tonight, tomorrow, you are blessed. And that's your attitude. And I know I'm speaking to people that have lost your job in recent months. And you say, how can I be blessed? The fact is, you are faced in Scripture with persons whose life took a turn for something a lot worse than losing a job and I mean no way decrying your pain but let's let's get things in perspective that they as I said Joseph was kidnapped and his job became a slave um, Paul in Philippians 4 in verse 12 13 he speaks of having enough and then sometimes not having enough uh, but he says it, it doesn't matter because the blessing of God was with him in every case. He calls it, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's speaking of that inner power that flows out. And so he says, wherever I find myself, what, whatever is happening, um, I am blessed. And what I have found, and this is where I find it difficult, I can't see your eyes, I don't know who I'm speaking to, and therefore I don't want you to feel I've singled you out in any way. But please, you are not the victim of unemployment. That's what I'm trying to say. 
because as long as you hold that mentality you will stay in an ever-increasing spiral downward into confusion you are the blessed of God in a new opportunity of life obviously a new chapter is opening and therefore you participate in the blessing as you walk out into every day anticipating to discover what that new chapter of life is in the blessing of God now I think I've said what I wanted to say there and those of you who do go to work amazingly I find people go out complaining that they've got a job complaining about everything that happens complaining about their situation that I don't understand especially in today's economy but I never understand it because what you have is the gift of God to you our attitude wherever we find ourselves, is to give thanks to God he is with me he is in me and everything I touch this day he in me through me by me blesses I am blessed and I am a blessing that's who you are we, we live in that mindset and understanding that he wills to bless us that's why Jesus said in Matthew 6 why are you anxious anxious over what shall we eat anxious over where's the next penny coming from he said no he said uh, people outside the covenant do that so their life is bound up in I've got to get I've got to get I've got to get he said understand this the heart of the kingdom of God is you are beloved you see you're blessed and and, and its situation shall open up and so we go into our life actively in the act of receiving his blessing of giving thanks of expecting his quiet moving into a situation but as I say it doesn't mean that we live without trouble the blessing never has meant that um, what, the Bible's made up of people that were in trouble but in that trouble God was made manifest as the supreme blesser in ways that they had never thought in a million years and so it is with you and I and so I trust this has opened your eyes to who you are a little bit more and next week we shall I promise you finish this series and I'll finish what I have to say on this matter okay and now the Lord himself God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit bless you bless you this night bless you in the certain situation that you find yourself bless you as the sun rises tomorrow bless you in every hour bless your going out and bless your coming in bless you in all that you touch open his doors and give you the boldness and the courage to walk through those doors that in your life he shall be proved the God who loves you who is with you who strengthens you who grants you his
fruitfulness and life. Amen.